everyone and welcome to another episode of the Sustainability Issue Podcast. I'm Desi, your host, and I'm very excited to welcome you to the last episode of this first season of the podcast. It's incredible that we have come so far, but yes, it's been more than a year now since I started the Sustainability Issue. The first episode launched on May 24, 2020. So thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking around and getting us all one step closer with each listen to a better and more ethical fashion industry. Announcement number two is another feature we've been featured in Pretty Progressive. It's an online magazine about feminism, sustainable shopping, politics, and so much more. The sustainability issue was featured among the 20 best podcasts about ethical sustainability, among some of my favorite podcasts, again, about sustainable fashion, but also sustainable finance, innovation, education, public policy, mental health, and so many more super interesting and important topics. So make sure make sure to check it out. I'm going to leave the link to Pretty Progressive in the show notes. In this episode of the Sustainability Issue Podcast, we're talking about the Made in Label and especially about the Made in Europe label, what we need to know about it when we're trying to figure out and we want to be informed about where our clothes come from. Before we dive in, I'd like to start with a quote by Suzanne McKenzie. She's the founder of sustainable fashion brand Able Made. And I recently saw her say in a talk, forward momentum is not accidental. It is achieved by having the tenacity to never give up. I love this because I think it's so important that we keep on talking about the topics that matter and especially when it comes to sustainable fashion we see that talking about things and addressing things on social media actually has an effect for example now with the corona crisis we saw so many brands cancel orders during the pandemic which left so many people in fashion producing countries such as bangladesh out on the streets and the pay-up movement has actually had an effect on those Western brands. So by far, most of them have agreed to pay up for those cancelled orders. And this is yeah one small example of how activism can indeed change things. And in that sense, this makes me really confident that initiatives such as this podcast matter and they're... One of the things that keeps momentum going forward and helps make this industry take the necessary steps to become for sustainable fashion to become the new normal. So let's dive right into the topic of made in Europe. There is almost a feeling of contentment associated with it, especially when it's made in the European Union. And it has almost become a label of clean consciousness. But what does this actually mean. To give a little context, the fast fashion industry depends on cheap labor and low manufacturing costs. This is why most of the clothes we wear are produced in Asia in countries with cheap labor. 
With people's increasing awareness about environmental issues and humanitarian issues, though, people are paying more and more attention to buying things that are produced locally. And unlike the clothes that are, for example, produced in Asia, those produced in the European Union or in Europe, at least the hope is they hold up to certain standards of working conditions and environmental standards. With that being said, talking about country of origin, it's much easier to determine the origin of a vegetable, let's say, than it is to return to determine the origin of a piece of clothing. This is because clothes consist of many different parts, often they are zippers, even different accessories, and all these can come from all different countries and even continents. And um, this is why the made in label doesn't even doesn't really say all that much. So when does a garment actually get the label? If a piece of clothing was put together and produced in more than one country, it will get the Made in Europe label if the last substantial transformation of the product took place in a European country. A substantial transformation must result in the production of a completely new garment or at least represent a um, very important stage in the production process. For example, adding shoelaces or buttons does not qualify for it, but sewing a piece together, as, for example, of a t-shirt, does qualify as a substantial transformation. The difficulty here comes from the fact that supply chains in the fashion industry are so complex. Garments go through many manufacturing steps. The vast majority can be done outside of Europe and still, according to law, they can be classified as made in Europe. Let's look, for example, at the production stages of a t-shirt. The cotton may be grown and produced, harvested in India. Um, or the oil for a polyester t-shirt may be extracted from Iran, let's say. The actual material whatever is made of cotton or polyester, can be produced outside of Europe. And still the garment may be wearing the made in EU tag because the t-shirt has been sewn together in, let's say, Bulgaria. As long as the last part has been made in Europe, that garment can be labeled made in Europe. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it can be very misleading for the consumer. Because what is more, these uh, stages of production before sewing a piece together can be very labor-intensive. Like, for example, harvesting the cotton or extracting the oil to produce the polyester for the um, t-shirt. And while the label is meant to ensure a certain standard in the treatment of the humans involved in the process of production and the environmental standards, there's absolutely no overview of those conditions in those stages of production before putting the piece together. As you can see, while the criteria of what made in EU and Europe exist, it can still be very vague and this creates a lot of problems. I am coming from Bulgaria and I have grown up with the fashion industry being a strong part of my upbringing. 
my mom would uh, would always have her clothes tailor-made, be it a New Year's dress or these beautiful Chanel-inspired suits she wore for work, and I would usually have something made with the rest of the fabric she was of what she was getting. My hometown Schumann is famous for its garment factories, and since my dad um, knew some of them, he would sometimes bring home a few items that are only intended and produced for exporting to Western countries, and my 10-year-old self would be beaming with happiness. Fast forward 20 years later, I set myself on a quest to discover what Made in Europe actually means for garment workers in Bulgaria. And the result was not satisfying. Bulgaria is a member of the European Union since 2007. It's the poorest and most corrupt member of the Union with a gross minimum wage of 311 euros or 346 US dollars as of 2020. Bulgaria has one of the lowest minimum salaries in Europe and currently the lowest in the European Union. The average salary ranges between 4 and 600 euros. As a comparison, Romania's minimum wage is 466 euros as per 2020, a, a European Union country that joined the Union together with Bulgaria in 2007. Looking at Moldova, things look differently there. Moldova is a country in Europe that's not part of the European Union. The minimum salary in Moldova is about $96 for the private sector and $50 per month for public sector workers. In February 2021, in the midst of the corona pandemic, I had a conversation with a garment worker of one of the Bulgarian factories, which is considered one of the good ones. It also prides itself of paying fair wages and offering good working conditions. They produce luxury Italian bags and a sustainable Swiss brand for bags made out of used track tarps, Freitag. Freitag has a lot of information on their website about the production process, explaining every single step in a lot of detail. Regarding the actual sewing of the bags, which is only step 11 out of 15, the website says the Freitag factory sews only prototypes and test bags, which entrust the sewing of your Freitag bag to experienced partners in Portugal, Poland, the Czech Republic, Bulgaria, Tunisia and Switzerland who know how to stitch tarps that are often relatively thick. What the website doesn't say is that the workers in these factories are sometimes paid below the local minimum wage for their work. My conversation partner shared oftentimes the workers would be time pressured and not get paid at all unless they fulfill a certain quota for the week. This has happened and would result in a below minimum wage for the month of less than 200 euros. Furthermore, the workers work extra hours without, without being paid and working on Saturday without getting paid is a common practice in the factory for years now. Continuing my research, I found out that as of 2021, there are garment factories in my hometown Schumann in Bulgaria having garment workers from Moldova living in dorms next to the factory and sewing clothes for some of the most luxurious Western brands carrying the made in the European Union label. Unfortunately, my findings are absolutely no new practice. 
In 2009, the news agency Reuters found that factories across Serbia, Albania, Bosnia and Macedonia sew and assemble clothing sold abroad, bearing tags that said clothing is made in the European Union. In one of those cases investigated, a small Albanian factory received an order from Greece which supplied them with the material, the model design and the labels. These operations were in accordance with the labeling laws at the time. If this all sounds too heartbreaking for you, do not be totally discouraged. There is something we can do. On a political level, first of all, we need to promote transparency in the fashion supply chain. Brands need support in this as well as pressure to be encouraged to disclose information about their manufacturing processes. This can be done either by promoting transparency in the supply chain or by creating economic economic incentives and laws for developing and using technical tools that help find and unveil information about production. On the industry level, instead of country of origin tax, we need full disclosure of the product journey. By doing so, consumers would get a better understanding of the product and where it originates from. Making this information available creates a lot of trust in the consumer, which is necessary for us to get to more sustainable business models for fashion. This also normalizes disclosing information, so it can give power back to the consumer. And last but not least, on the consumer level, ask questions about the origin of your clothes. To speed up the process of brands becoming more sustainable and ethical, we need to let them know that we require more from them. Knowing what labels such as Made in Europe and Made in the European Union actually mean gives you as a consumer more power so you can ask the right questions. And going back to Suzanne McKenzie's quote from the beginning of this episode, forward momentum is not accidental. It is achieved by having the tenacity to never give up. So let us not give up on finding out more about where our clothes come from because this is power. So we can keep forward momentum for creating livelihoods for the people involved in the fashion supply chain and to protect our environment. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. It is the last one for season one of the sustainability issue. Thank you for following the sustainability issue on Spotify and for rating us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. And if you haven't done it yet, please do so because it helps other people find the show as well. Next season is coming up in August. There are already so many cool things lined up that I can't wait to share with you. So stay tuned. Have a beautiful summer, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. And don't